This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. With me, as always, is a very giggly Kristen Stutter. Hi. I couldn't handle the way you went into podcast voice. The mo- the uh-huh. way that he was speaking a moment ago was in no way the way that he spoke I, the minute he began recording. I can, as they say, turn it on. <laughs> this guy... I, as they say, can't turn it off. Wow. Uh, so uh, A yin and a yang. I don't have it at all. So <laughs> Who's that speaking? It's our guest, uh, writer of uh, sports sometimes, pop culture sometimes, sometimes comedy, uh, Dave Schilling. Hello. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Dave, thank uh, you for joining us. No problem. Uh, I can imagine that this might be a confusing subject for... Uh, podcast just in that you know the rock and roll hall of fame is not something many people really know much about would you where where are you coming in i mean you you more or less say it every week you're like why are we doing this yes (laughs) for some reason you can ask that question about anything really Mm -hmm. yeah not just this podcast i just uh, like that you're like you might be confused as to why we would want to do this yeah well (laughs) i'm I'm almost i'm giving you a little i'm tipping my hat to you and your your side of things uh but dave i could imagine as someone who uh enjoys pop culture and often writes about it that maybe the rock and roll hall of fame is something that has been on your radar at least a little bit yeah, I mean, every year they have the concert, and mm-hmm. there's controversy Wow, about... see, you know more than many. Most people are like, <laughs> I've like, been to they go Cle- Cleveland. They're like, they're the one in Cleveland. And yeah, I have to go, Cleveland. um, well, not exactly. That's the museum. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is actually an ephemeral institution. That <laughs> <laughs> bounces it's between cities. It's a list that lives in your heart. Yeah, I guess if you go into the Hall of Fame, you're not going into the building and then are not allowed to leave. You know, it's yeah. They there. don't keep you there. Yeah, but they do keep your memorabilia. So do they <laughs> refer to it specifically as the Hall of Fame Museum? Yeah, so that mm-hmm. it's not confusing. Well, it's like if because the it? Baseball Hall of Fame is they just call it the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, like you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum, and they're just saying you're at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know? Yeah. It's, they, I mean, if you look at the fine print or like the rest of the words, but like, ever, no one's saying like. 
no one except for me is like, oh, it's actually the museum. Yeah. And this uh, it's a separate entity that controls the museum than the ones that do the induction ceremonies every year. My, my uh, relationship to it is strictly every year a bunch of old white music critics start to post their, post their ballots and say, well, uh, I don't know if Soundgarden deserves to get in this year. Uh, maybe Soul Asylum. Maybe it's their time. <laughs> what Man. If, you know, it's, just, it's, it's always... Uh, you are envisioning a uh, Hall of Fame that is way more in the future than the one that exists now. Like yeah. they, they haven't even started what's, to consider what's Soundgarden. Wild is that is my first in? thought was yeah. that Soundgarden became eligible last year but they were not nominated, that's which not, I hate that That's I, not true. Wait, what? Soundgarden's been eligible for a while. Oh. Because their uh Last first, year was the first time they thought they might get nominated cuz Chris Cornell is dead. Though. That was yes? even the year before. Well, Jesus Christ. What then. are the yeah. rules? 25 years after your first released recording. So Soundgarden had been putting out records in the late 80s, kind of before grunge broke. So they've been eligible for a while, because last year it was 93 was the latest, uh, you know, recording. So bands like Outkast and, and Beck and uh, Sheryl Crow, they all became eligible for this year's ceremony. But they were not, none of them were on the ballot. How do you get on the ballot? I'm, I'm asking remedial questions. Yeah, no, no, no. So that but, I'm aware. Yeah, so there's a nominating committee. It's about 30 and or so journalists, I- industry people, everyone musicians. Everyone looks like yeah. Chuck Klosterman. It's just a row of <laughs> Chuck. But, you but older. It's like not yeah, even. Yeah, it's older than that. We're talking people in there. Although they did some cleanup and kind of mm-hmm. moved it around a bit. I wonder if people like Klosterman will find themselves on the committee. I bet they will. But when he's like. 60 or 70 yeah (laughs) uh maybe yeah probably but why i mean because right now it's like put evelyn on the committee yeah our our friend evelyn who's like a a feminist uh journalist rock journalist rock journalist she's very cool but a lot of rolling stone guys as you can imagine it's it's connected to the rolling stone okay so you know it's kind of yon winner's baby so really, it has a specific taste that they do not deviate from often. Hence, why Duran Duran is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Sure, yeah. So it was not super. It was pretty pretentious for a while and not super populist. But that in the past few years has started to change with bands like Journey and Kiss and Rush, Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi. You know, Def Leppard, artists that they had not considered for for you know, many years of eligibility that they're finally getting around to in a sense of like, well, I guess 15 years later, it's okay. It's less embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, because there's a certain artist that that set would prefer to put in as soon as they get eligible, you know. Like Jethro Tull. Jethro yeah, Tull's not still in. still not in. Really? Yeah. I thought that would be so like that's, the ultimate. People are that's upset like, about it. There, is a, there is a contingency. I think, see, I think critics of that time didn't like Jethro Tull because they don't like the more proggy sure. stuff. You know, Moody Blues got in, but it took them like 30 years of eligibility. And like Genesis, it took a long time, you know. King Crimson still not in. Oh, boy. A uh, quick Genesis question. Please. Does that cover both the Peter Gabriel and mm-hmm. the Phil Collins? In, in it does. Yes. It does. It doesn't have to right. because when they induct a band, it becomes a thing of like, okay, which which members do we put in? You know, like Fleetwood Mac inducted some of the early British dudes like Peter Green. And Santana. <laughs> I mean, 
weren't they the offspring of off, offshoot of Santana? No, Journey's the offspring Journey's of Santana, but Peter off. Green. Man, I really. Peter Green wrote Black Magic Woman, that's, and it was a okay. Fleetwood that's Mac song. why I'm like something has to do with. Santana and they were inducted and the same Mac. year as Santana, and Peter Green sat in with Santana to play Black Magic Woman. Wow, a moment that only the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame could give you. Incredible. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> what it sounds like is something very similar to the WWE Hall of Fame. Ooh, okay, please. What? It has a very similar. Um, so what are the Ooh. rules? So they and if they induct and I I'm about to show you that I don't know anything about wrestling, but it's like so it's like if they induct Hulk Hogan, they have to induct everyone who ever played Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hollywood Hogan. The they years. have to. Yeah. yeah. It, it it encompasses all of Hulk Hogan, and he gets a little ring. Uh, it, there's no vote. There's no committee. It is a purely corporate decision. Based I'm like on, so far, it does not sound like the Rock Hall. Well, the reason why it is similar, the one thing that is similar to it, besides the tedious long induction ceremony that nobody really cares about, is damn claws are out. <laughs> uh, if you are inducting a group, let's say the New World Order, mm-hmm. the NWO, you have to decide which members of the NWO you're inducting because there was. To, at it's a the point, same with NWA when they got inducted. Exactly. 2025 people in the NWO. Mm-hmm. So Only, they decided to just put Hogan, Hulk Hogan, um, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash in. Same thing with Degeneration X. They put all of Why them in. Why do they put in the groups? Why don't they just put in individual wrestlers? Well, I guess in this case, it's the group that's uh, in a Gestaltian way uh, better than the sum of its parts. You can be inducted twice. Right. Same with yeah, the hall. Yeah, same with the hall. Like, obviously, Lennon like, and McCartney and mm-hmm. George Harrison are in with the Beatles, but they're also in as solo. Whereas Peter Gabriel is in solo, but Phil Collins is not. Right. It's lame. But mm-hmm. Genesis is in. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, wait, wait. So they were like, we got to put in the NW. So I guess I didn't know that wrestlers <laughs> could have bands. Factions. Yeah, factions. Yeah. I mean, I've, I I didn't know that. I thought NWO was like another. I thought there was like WWF, WWE, NWO. <laughs> WCW. Yeah, that was kind of the idea was that it was a, a fake it was like other an insurgency. An insurgent organization. <laughs> In sort of WCW. like, sort of like um, Al-Qaeda. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Similar right. to Al-Qaeda. Once again, we're making that comparison. Nothing new. Uh, <laughs> it's very common. I, that's why I got fired from WWE. Because <laughs> I kept talking about Al-Qaeda. Right. Um, so they, when they induct, I'm, so I don't understand wrestling and maybe we don't need to get into We don't, we really don't, but. <laughs> but that isn't, I guess that now I know another thing about it. Where is the, is it in Connecticut? There is no physical. There's no physical location. Okay. So there's no is, museum. Have yes. they talked about having a Hall of Fame museum? They have many times discussed. Why would it be in Connecticut? Is that the home of wrestling? It's home of the WWE. WWE headquarters is in Stamford, Connecticut, which is where I worked every day <laughs> of my life. You were in, Stan- you went to Stamford every day? I was, I lived in Stamford. Oh my goodness. In, in lieu of um, living in New York and That's commuting a, every day. Um, that Connecticut has the highest per capita income of any state, I believe. I'd believe it. It's a very it's, rich state. It's, it's very also rich. a very small and state. It's small, yeah. And so it's, that makes it's sense. a lot of it's a bedroom community for New York, really. So if you can afford to not, you know, have a one. If you want to have a bedroom, you got to get to Connecticut. <laughs> you <gotta> exactly. <laughs> yeah. If you want to have if you want to have a bedroom and be close to New York, you get to you get the to Connecticut. Hundred percent. But they've talked about putting it in Florida, actually, Orlando. That sounds about right. Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's where the matriculators. Yeah. Yeah. The, the matriculators. Right? Oh. Matriculate would be like the people who graduated from the museum. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> a lot of wrestlers live in Florida because of the uh, the, the or like the people who like graduated from being exactly like people who matriculated from the wwe they would 
be in Florida. Yeah. That might not be inaccurate. It's but. true. Yeah, a lot of ex-wrestlers <laughs> live there because they pay less in state taxes. There you go. Anyway, we don't need to talk about this anymore. I am, I apologize profusely well, I, for I, all the wrestling. No, it's a, it's I mean, a I'm new, <laughs> new point of conversation for this podcast. Who was first ballot uh, WWE Hall of Fame? Who was, you, is that something you have knowledge of off the top of the dome? Andre, Andre the Giant, I think, was like the first pick. one in. Yeah. yeah. Do they do like... He's the, he's the Chuck Berry of... Yeah, uh, he's the, the WWE Hall. Yeah, yes. or Chuck Berry's the Andre the Giant of <laughs> rock <Wow>. and roll. <laughs> well, Andre didn't invent rock and roll or wrestling, but he invented rock, rock and, and roll. roll yeah. <laughs> so yeah, do do they do like five or many, so? Uh, How many do they do a year, or is it m- fewer? They do as many as they want because it's basically made up. There's no mm-hmm. rules. What, what's the induction ceremony like? Do they have to wrestle each other even in their old age? It's <laughs> oh, like how God. the older or do young wrestlers come and do a tribute to them? I went this year because I, I was working and it's a WrestleMania weekend every year um, on either a Friday or a Saturday. They have it in the arena um, that is adjacent to the stadium that. WrestleMania is going to be in. So it was at Barclays Center this year. That's, That's where, where the, the Hall of Fame induction is. for rock and roll was. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, we were there this year. Oh, you guys went? Did so you do all, a live, a live all three podcast? of us went to an, an, induction, an ceremony induction ceremony at the Barclays Wait, Center. So the Wrestling Hall of Fame induction ceremony is at the Barclays Center. Not every year. It's okay, uh, wherever WrestleMania is. Okay, so so next year, WrestleMania is in Tampa. So it'll be in the arena where the Tampa Bay Lightning play, most likely. Okay. And so what happens in it? Okay, can I guess? Yeah, of course. <laughs> this makes it more fun if okay. you guess. Okay, 20 minutes of the national anthem. <laughs> no. Rockets going off. Literally, the Rockets red blare. That's it's like WrestleMania we... itself. Okay. So that, all that stuff you're saying occurs at WrestleMania. I bet they have good video packages at the... Fantastic to celebrate each ceremonies. of the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. You are correct. I just have a few, I think That's if, one if, thing. If you're happens. a Hall of Fame and you don't have your video packages down, than like fuck you uh two long speeches many long speeches. meandering yes. perhaps some animosity that was a t-o-o long speech yes these is speeches the, are too long are is there grievances bitterness yeah usually not okay because even if it's someone that had a falling out with wwe it ends up that they've come to grips with that mm-hmm. negativity yeah um, because they're getting a ring and they're getting some money. And they're getting well, they exposure. get a ring. Yeah. That's better than getting a fucking trophy, don't you think? I don't know. I don't know. I think I a like, ring, you can, you can carry your ring around. If you carry your stupid Rock Hall trophy around, you, you can look dis- dumb. You can display your trophy. Displaying a ring is a little less. Yeah, you put uh, it on a little rotating. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's kind of corny to walk around with a ring, too. No mm-hmm. way, man. Not if you're a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, okay. And then at the end, is there like a big jam where they all uh, wrestle Re- each other? Like a <laughs> wrestling orgy? What is yeah, it? it's sort of like an orgy. They the, just what power do they call that when all the wrestlers get in a ring together? A battle royal. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's a battle royale or battle royal? Battle royale. Okay. So it's a battle <laughs> in royale. In France, that's what end. they call it. Yeah. Here they call Your it a battle quarter, quarter pounder. pounder yeah, there we go. We got, here we call it a quarter pound. Swish. Um, yeah. So that it's really just the speeches. Nothing else happens. There's no performance element. No. It's it packages is very and speeches. Dull. Yeah, packages, speeches. There's Does someone do a speech inducting the yes. wrestler? Okay, yes. so that's similar. But then and there is, is another often, speech. Is it often? Yeah, it's just like at, at the Rock Hall induction where it's like someone inducts them, gives a speech to welcome them in, then they get up and give a thank you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. is it, would you say, how? what percentage of the people who are the inductors, who induct the people, are also wrestlers? Almost always, yeah. but not always. Not, like, and not every inductee is a wrestler. Correct. There's a celebrity what? way. 
That's I, like the... There is one uh, member of the WWE Hall of Fame. Is his name Donald Trump? I'll kill yes, him. he 100% is uh, in the WWE yeah. Hall of Fame. Is Kid Rock in the... <sighs> yes. Rest, yeah. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Drew Carey. What? <laughs> yeah, Drew Carey's in. I'm confused. It's just, it's Are there friends. any women in the fucking WWE Hall of Fame? Yes, many. D- or is it just two They boobs? always induct at least one woman every year. So this year... It's better uh, than the Hall. Yeah. Truly? Well, than the Rock Hall, yeah. Honestly, yes. WWE. Honestly, great. a thing I never would have. Not sexist at all. Not at all sexist. Yeah, WWE. Wow. WWE doing better than the <laughs> doing, Rock Hall. Doing better for equality than the Rock Hall. Believe it. Dang. Yeah, they just inducted China this year. Okay, she, posthumously. posthumously. Yeah, because um, they ninth didn't, wonder of the world. Yeah, they didn't want her in for a while because of her um, her adult film career. Oh yes, because S- squeaky clean. Yeah, gotta keep it squeaky so clean at the is, WWE. Uh, Okay. Hulk Hogan is still in. Ugh. <laughs> Said the N word many times. Yep. Now so I've, I've seen his penis. Uh, yeah. Well, in the video. There's a video. Oh, I don't watch. I, I don't watch genuinely. I don't watch videos like that. I've never that. seen a video. <laughs> Not for me. I'm so the musicians a... who are in the wrestling hall. I read of fame, the transcript though. Kid Rock, Snoop Dogg, any other notables? Um. Limp Biscuit is surprisingly not in yet. <laughs> it, when they get to Tampa, they'll roll right in. They might, they might yeah. literally go rolling, rolling, rolling yeah. into the Hall of Fame because uh, they they performed at WrestleMania a couple times. Who performed at WrestleMania this year? Oh man, they they used to have a musical guest every year, and now it's just someone sings the national anthem. And I don't remember because I was so horrified of getting fired all the time. So I don't uh. even remember. It might have been a choir. I don't know. Good God. A choir? Oh, Pitbull might go in at some point. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that would be a good Florida Flo thing Rida. to do. Flo yeah. Rida. That's, might be these are Pitbull. all Florida. Everyone should get in in Florida. Holy, yeah. sh- holy shit. It might be Pitbull this year. Pitbull, Flo Rida. One of those. Oh, my God. Lynn Biscuit. Spoiler wow. alert so if you I care. Think, I think Snoop Dogg will get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't see any other overlap. Yeah, that other than that. Of. You don't think Pitbull? You don't think Mr. Worldwide's going to make it someday? Yeah, you know something? I don't. If Duran Duran is not in, then God damn it, no Pitbull. Well, I mean, Duran Duran does open the tributary to Pitbull. <laughs> it is the beginning of the, uh, the, of the bubbling end. brook that is. Well, uh, you know, when I asked you about doing this podcast, Dave, Duran Duran was not the first artist that you brought up. I said Who Incubus. Did... <laughs> he said Incubus. And I was I was willing to go with that. Because oh, I think that... that could be an interesting uh why why did you are you a big fan no i mean <laughs> were you just were I, you I doing a bit? were you trying to bit. troll joe it was an, not a it was an extension of a bit kind of um because <laughs> i'm really sick of sublime being retconned into being a good band it has happened now everyone's like oh sublime's great it's mm-hmm. it's a bunch of like 25 year old kids who discovered um, reggae? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> reggae and marijuana, and they're like, "Ooh, this so- these songs are all about weed and drinking 40s and well, dumb and stuff. heroin and like, too. And, yeah, and heroin. Yeah, and, right. And date rape. Um, Damn. So I uh, really—that's a satire. Okay. <laughs> you know what? It's time you start punching up and not punching down, <laughs> Mister Sublime. <laughs> Mister Sublime. Mister Sublime. So yeah, Dave said he wanted to do Incubus because I because I hate Sublime and as a way to dick to dis to dis Sublime. Well, I posted like, a poll on Twitter. 
It said, what, which band is better, Sublime or Incubus? Sublime won by quite a bit. And so I then I went on a, a tangent and a rant, that is, mm-hmm. about how Incubus had a better output. The only reason why Sublime is beloved now is because they only put out one real album and then the dude died. Yeah, the <laughs> legacy was cemented and it became a, a you know, that's what happens. When Although also, like, the Sublime martyrs. music has stuck around with, like, stoners, whereas, yep. like, Incubus's music doesn't really have its own continual well of college freshmen to go to you know Mm -hmm. in my opinion that is the real problem uh, i don't think it's like i think they were like popular at the same time but incubus's music is really of that time and sublime's music is timeless in that it's like oar will always have fans sublime will always have fans like there will always be college freshmen it Mm -hmm. will always be happening like and that it's like the never ending pool of people to get into their band. Also, Incubus was kind of a bummer. Like their songs tended to be kind of navel gazy and they weren't triumphalist the way that Sublime is, uh, you know, kind of silly and kind of fun. And uh, and I think Incubus was a little bit marred by the pr- By how production. hot the lead singer was. Yeah, Brandon Boyd. <laughs> I, I think there's they were a part they were kind of swept up in the bands that have a DJ mm-hmm. and so oh, when, sometimes yeah, when you listen to an Incubus right. song you hear like <laughs> wicked wow wicked wow wicked and you're like oh boy that's yeah. uh that's a, of a time that yeah oh really yeah is. that's a good point that really kind of keeps them in that that's why you know, I also hate Lincoln Park yeah you yeah. you did you did a another poll yeah. Lincoln Park versus Limp Bizkit and I said Limp Bizkit yeah. That one's, I think, I think much harder to choose. Because yeah, they're both wow. equally shitty in different ways. Yeah. And they kind of rubbed up against each other in the continuum of music. But people like Linkin Park more. Like, I think well, Linkin Park, Park has huge. stands. Yeah. Whereas I don't know if Limp Bizkit does. Limp Bizkit kind of petered out faster. But they're back, baby. Aren't they, like, touring? <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, know. No, they're, they're, like, they're doing some stuff. Oh, but... well, I mean, he has his jazz club or whatever. What? Yeah. He's you know, a real life uh, Seb from um, what's that movie? La La Land. La La Land. Yeah, he's a, it's a real deal thing. <laughs> Lady didn't Lady Gaga perform at Fred Durst's so. uh, jazz club? What's it called? Hot dog water. <laughs> yeah, it's called chocolate starfish. <laughs> I mean, he's already got water. the name trademarked. Huh. Uh, yeah, and then he directed a movie with John Travolta, where he has a bowl cut. Fred Durst. He's yeah, directed Fred, a few movies. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's a feature one. film director. Yeah. Our man Fred. He's yeah, in he's in the guild, baby. He had to drop his agent because he's in WGA, too. Wow. Yeah, he's got it all. <laughs> wow. He's got a better career than me. Uh, Dave, so I, you suggested Incubus, and I was like, interesting, but I was thinking Duran Duran. I think that was a better choice, And the, the reason why I thought Duran Duran, because it's a band that I wanted to talk about on this podcast, and what I did was I sometimes will do this. I'll go to Twitter, and I'll see... Oh, yeah. Anyone, this is Joe's research hit method brilliant. is Does anyone that I follow... Have they tweeted about Duran Duran? And we've got we've got a, a few. Nice. And we, we've got one that has happened since I did this search from five days ago, which is that uh, Jason Bentley stepping down from Morning Becomes Eclectic on KCRW. And Dave said, hire me and I'll play mostly Duran Duran. People will love it. It's true. <laughs> we got Jason one. Bentley is stepping down from Morning Becomes yeah. Eclectic? Yeah. Who's... Wow. Maybe bring Nick Harcourt back? He didn't get canceled, though, right? Like, no, Jason no, Bentley is still chill. They're bringing in Max Landis. It's weird. Why <laughs> would they do that? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, from May, the only thing really holding me back is my love of Duran Duran. Also, Dave. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. And then we've got two more. I only sing Duran Duran at karaoke. That's me, too. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And then here's the one that I thought this is this is why Dave has to talk about Duran Duran on the podcast. This is from March 4th of this year. Duran Duran is better than the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> better, better. They have more hit songs. That's <laughs> not true. I do no, not think not, you, are so you are very, very incorrect. Depends on how you define a hit. Interesting. I okay. Feel like, I feel like there's kind I, of I a still, way that I mean, we've all agreed. I mean, literally, even just like songs, period, the Beatles probably still have more. <laughs> Regardless uh, of if you... Quite a few Duran Duran albums that came out that no one bought. So there are plenty of songs. Walk us through what Duran Duran means to you and, and why they're better than the Beatles or why you you uh, would like <laughs> to talk about them. I prefer them to the Beatles. Okay, there you go. Um, for whatever reason, I've always been fascinated by the 80s. Okay. And 80s music. Mm-hmm. Um, and Duran Duran was easily accessible because it was so popular. And I'm a big James Bond fan. Okay. And I think that was the, the first thing that really got me into oh, Duran Duran. Was a View to a a Kill. View to a Kill. Which is, I think, probably top five best Bond, Bond songs. Yes. Yeah. And certainly one of the most popular. What yeah. do you think Arguably is the, the most, most best? I mean, <laughs> people would say Skyfall. Skyfall, Goldfinger. Oh, Skyfall I would is... say Goldfinger is probably the one that's the gold standard. Live, live and let die okay, wait, is okay. also a great one. Oh, and that's that's that was the Bond yeah, theme. Yeah, that's an excellent one. That's, that's a Bond theme. Yeah, the, it's a the movie's movie. called Live and Let Die. Wow. I mean, I know the song. It's very I mostly know the um, uh, Guns N' Roses cover yeah. of it. Um, what does it matter to you? You gotta give a yellow It does not suck. Yeah. <laughs> give me some reggae. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, Goldeneye, did Tina Turner do that one? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Skyfall was Adele. Right. Mm-hmm. View to a Kill Duran Duran. But there were some weird ones at the beginning of the Daniel Craig era where it was. Who like, did Octopussy? Did someone do. Is there an Octopussy one? Octopussy. Some. Yes, it's called All Time High. It was by Rita Coolidge. We're an all time high. We'll change all that's gone before. But the early Daniel Craig, there's like uh, Alicia Keys and Jack White yep. on a song Another together. Another Way to Die. And Chris Cornell at, at, yeah. at the nadir of his powers, I'd you, say. You know my name. But people also people like the Carly Simon one. Yeah, uh, nobody. That's does it one better. of my favorites too. Yeah. Nobody does it better. Yep, baby, yeah. you're the best. Yep, that's from that's the, a James Bond theme. It literally yeah. says the spy who loved me in the song. I do not remember that mm-hmm. part. That's I just another karaoke. Nobody does it better. Though sometimes I wish someone 
I think the the maybe the weirdest one is the one that Aha did, or the fact that Aha the did daylights a, did a Bond song, and that's a Timothy Dalton one. Mm-hmm. Living daylights, my lights, live my daylights. Pretty close, guys. <laughs> is that it? I think one of the reasons why they picked Aha was because A View to a Kill was such a huge success. It was the only James Bond oh. theme to ever top the Billboard charts. Yeah. And so they were like, well, what's the next? What do we think? As movie producers, it's the next Duran Duran. It's got to be Aha. <laughs> yeah. Because they had a huge success with yeah. Take On Me. Okay. So that was kind of your entryway into Duran Duran. Yeah. I, uh, as a big James Bond guy, it was just a song I heard a lot, even mm-hmm. though it was a movie that I thought was pretty bad. Right. Um, and then I uh, got into their back catalog from there. I listened to their Greatest Hits album a lot in college. Uh, the album cut's not great. Yeah, I was going to say, they, they're oh. a great Greatest Hits band. They're, they're a perfect Greatest Hits band because they have some wonderful singles that are very catchy in a variety of different tempos and styles. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say mostly upbeat, though? Yeah, yeah. Ordinary World, great ballad. Oh, yeah. yeah that's they, the they 90s, could, right? It is yes. the 90s, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, I think that was on the wedding album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, I mean, they, that song is a wedding It makes song. me cry. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you, you reflect on your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I'm going to listen to when I drive it off the cliff in my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Duran Duran is a... Uh, well, they made their first uh, Hall of Fame appearance. It was this year because they inducted Roxy Music. Oh, Specifically, Simon Le Bon and John Taylor gave the speech to the induct dynamic Roxy music. comedic duo. They were, <laughs> we were boring. <laughs> what? No. We, we thought they were going to be a lot of fun because they have a reputation as being fun. And we had, we had talked to Kat Corbett from K Rock, and she's like, "Oh, they're a blast. They're going to be so much fun." And they were like, kind of stiffly reading the teleprompter, and then at times reading each other's lines. Yeah. After the person already said it, they repeated each other's jokes. It was pretty yeah, wild. wasn't Wasn't the best. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like Duran Duran is now, I think because of that, because of their appearance, they're a part of the conversation, you know, and it also feels like, okay, if you're knocking off these popular bands from the 80s, you know, the Def Leppard was this year, Duran Duran feels like they might be next. They're the most representative of a certain genre of like new romantic, synthy, new wave. Yeah, they are definitely pop. on the Rushmore of new wave. I rem- I remember when Carl Tart was on, he was talking about how his dad knew a lot of Duran Duran songs because of MTV, because mm-hmm. of watching MTV in the 80s and waiting for like a Prince or a Michael Jackson video to come on. And then he had to watch like, you know, a Duran Duran videos yeah. and like Whitesnake and stuff yeah. like in the midst or whatever. And I feel like too, like Duran Duran got very popular because of their look, their style, their music their videos. videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was like a lot of babes, right? There was like oh, swimsuits yeah. and babes. The, the Rio video specifically is just them on a boat and there's just ladies in bikinis and they're wearing suits, of course. Yeah. They're fully clothed. They're mm-hmm. like Miami Vice suits, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that kind of uh, chic uh, 80s pastel Yeah. I think um, image and um, music video... Um, aesthetic should be more important when you talk about putting someone in the rock and roll hall of fame because of the era in which they became successful that was important Mm -hmm. mtv 
and Duran Duran was like a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Like MTV helped break Duran Duran in America, but then also Duran Duran's videos, which they were making before MTV was a thing, helped to elevate the form of the music video, which then in turn helped MTV. Elevate the form of the music video? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, to me, it I will, I will not seen back Hungry down. Like the Wolf? Oh, well, I, 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 have I seen what? The Hungry, Hungry Like, like, the, Hungry wolf? like yeah, the Wolf? Yeah, they all have the face paint. Yeah, it's the like, woman has it's the like face Temple paint. It's like Temple Doom. They're on safari. Yeah. Yeah. I guess leave. to me, uh, I feel that it helps cement the aesthetic of a certain time, a certain moment in time, but I don't necessarily feel that it elevated. Like, do you feel that? I think so. Because they, feel they that... were like the first ones to use film. You know, at that point, a lot of music videos were just kind of on tape and they kind of looked like junk. Yeah. And they were make. I mean, they were hiring filmmakers and they were shooting like 35 millimeter and they were making, you know, stories and like the visuals. I do think they absolutely like what are some good because I mean, like I can name a lot of music videos from that that era that had more of a like interesting thing. I, I think when I think of a Duran Duran video, I think of just like bikini clad women dancing on things i think if you revisited hungry like the wolf in particular and then what else you would uh the rio video we've already sure. had the rio rio they're on a yacht and mm-hmm. there are women dancing in bathing suits yeah but it's cinematic in the way that they shot the beautiful <laughs> bathing suits <laughs> don't you think you know it's like yeah. bad had a um uh a, a narrative you know um well that, that was much later that was yeah. so was, that's 88 you're right. And this and was this like is 82, I think. You know, none of them really psych up the thriller directed by our friend John Landis. John Landis' oh father. Boy. Ooh, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of, it, of his son. Yeah, I know nothing nothing problematic about a Michael Jackson video directed <laughs> by, by John Landis. Landis. Uh, but I mean, oh, I guess boy. I just... I think, they were, I think the thing about Duran Duran is they were early and groundbreaking for that reason because of what they were doing at the, at the very beginning of... Yeah, the Rio video is from 1982. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying, like, to me, there's nothing that groundbreaking about women being objectified. Like, to me, like, it just, like, that, like, like for four minutes, like, it's very fun and hot to look at. It's, like, a sexy, fun Again, thing Again, I think, whatever, like, the, the way like, the, the, I mean, they were on location for Hungry Like the Wolf in Sri Lanka, I think. No one was spending money. I think we're not saying that artistically, people on a boat. Uh, in in very dismiss like... the boat one, and if we're just talking about hungry like the wolf, and I, I'm willing to put what all my chips was on hungry that one. like the wolf. What year did hungry like the wolf come out? I think same year, eighty two, eighty three. Yeah, uh, and like I mean, there's if you watch it, it's just the fact that they were shooting on location. It wasn't just a band. Yeah, I mean, I see that. I can see that. And as like a... walk, there's a shot of him walking out of like a swamp, and his eyes are open, and it's just, yeah, just things it's that like you, Rambo. Yeah, it's uh, it's Temple of Doom e in the way that that uh, whole thing is. It shot. was directed by uh, Russell Mulcahy, who directed um, Highlander. Right, he, did, he also he directed did a few. The Shadow. Yeah, he was kind of like their go-to guy. Uh, he did the videos for Planet Earth, My Own Way, Lonely in Your Nightmare, Hungry Like the Wolf, Save a Prayer, Rio, Night Boat, Is There Something I Should Know, The Reflex, and one of my favorite Duran Duran songs, Wild Boys. Sure. Wild Boys. Wild Boys. Wild Boys. And he Featured did a bunch of the Elton film, John videos. Uh, the Lost Boys, yes? No. No? I, I, no. No. You're I thinking you of think the song Lost Boys. <laughs> I do know the Lost Boys song, but I thought Wild Boys was featured. Oh, maybe No, I no. There's that really weird song with the uh, kids singing at the beginning of Lost yeah. Boys. Yeah. Oh, I know. 
Yeah, it's very haunting. It's very haunting. That was a very good rendition if you knew uh-huh. what to look for. Well, Dave, we've we've talked a lot about how it's kind of confusing and there's no real categories for uh, inclusion into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like, how do you determine if someone is worthy? Well, I'm a nerd and I've come up with a list of criteria. Fantastic. So we're going to go through the criteria for Duran Duran after we take a little break. And you know what? Maybe we'll watch the Hungry Like a Wolf video oh, during the break That's, too. Yeah. And, the, and we're going to watch a video of a guy uh, hurting his testicles. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, we'll be right back. Later. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we hope you also watched the Hungry Like a Wolf video as we did. And uh, I think we converted Kristen. Uh, oh, do we? Yeah. No, you, I, I thought think it was admit, much better than I remembered. Than you were expecting. But yeah, I do it was. have concern about the number of unpaid extras. <laughs> yeah. I mean, calling them extras is generous. They were yes. just people who were in Sri Lanka that the, their their but they have a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. Imagine that versus. You and know, in some cultures, their soul. Oh my god! Yeah, okay. Whoa. Capturing them on film. I mean, whoa! All right, I didn't say it. Hmm. Uh, so okay, let's uh, let's go through. Oh, we also watched a video of a man uh, crossing his legs. Yeah, and he crossed his hurting legs. His testicles. And, he hurt his and that was, uh, if I may, divine. Mwah. Let's during go the, during better the break, than video I kill the radio star video. During the break, I hope some I hope some of you wondered about the um, how much people were getting paid for a job. Yeah, uh, you know labor practices. And yeah, we hope that that's on your yeah. mind always because it's a uh, you know there's a lot of exploitation. Out Think there. about them and you know let's reshape the economy. All okay, right, take some action. All right, let's go through these categories. <laughs> uh, see how Duran Duran stacks up. Uh, first up, we have critical acclaim. Oof, boy. Yeah, I don't know that I would call them. They're one of those bands that I think over time critics now look back at them to say they had some merit, but I don't think they were even close to being critical darlings. I think they were appreciated, but, you know. I think they were just, like, too popular. I think they were too hot. Too hot, yeah. Let me run through a list of Duran Duran's awards. Sure. These are literally good. They're all Billboard Music Awards. I can see this it's not the true. chart is going through. Not true. Okay. So in 1985, Duran Duran won an American Music Award for Favorite Group Video, Artists, Pop, Rock, Band, or Duo. Are you going to say every single award? I'm really <laughs> They gonna... did not win. Oh. Uh, yeah. In, in well, 1983, they were nominated for a bunch of Billboard Music Awards, did not win. And I would say typically these uh, awards are not given to critical darlings. Yeah. You know, these okay. are, is the people's. I'm going, uh, and there's more. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Uh, they won uh, Best British Music Video at the Brit Awards. These are music video awards. We've already discussed that their music videos are like. Yeah, the some of their best. Two outfit. Grammys for Best Music Video. Only for, <laughs> are you kidding? Nope. Oh they uh, were nominated for a Golden Globe now, how for many a Now how many VMAs did they win? Oh, only two. Come on. <laughs> they were nominated. When did the VMAs start, though? I, they must not have started. Wait. In, in 1984. They started in 1984 and they didn't win. They lost for Best Editing for the Reflex, Best Stage Performance for the Reflex. Hungry Like the Wolf didn't even make it. They did win a Lifetime Achievement Award. So I think what the point is, is no. at the time, right. not critically acclaimed. Yes. You Absolutely are right. Not. Yeah. But so now people are seeing yes. what the, the benefit is. You, you of get the was. value and you can look past their kind of teeny bopper image, which I think really hurt them uh, critically. How many I mean, obviously awards? they were very popular, but like when you think about the fact that they were on the cover of like every magazine for teen girls f- for a stretch there, like every single month. 
and they were the, you know the Fab Five. It was like pick which one is the dreamiest. Simon. Simon. <laughs> Get a clue. Are you kidding? I, the, I, we just watched uh, Hungry Like the Wolf, and I was like, I get it. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. There's I a, mean, the video is fine, but Simon LeBond. He's a handsome guy. There's a point when these bands, Duran Duran or Adam Ant or, or AHA or whatever, they're supposed to do something classy. They're mm-hmm. supposed to make their Sgt. Pepper. Right. There is a narrative to every music group based on the template of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Is you, you can be a teeny bopper. But at some point, you have to make your magnum opus, and you, you have to, to show up. us. Yeah, you have to grow up, even mm-hmm. though... You gotta show up and grow up, baby. Duran Duran were already adults. They weren't teens. They were teen idols, but they weren't oh, children. Weren't, they were young, but they weren't kids. I don't know. Like, when I'm thinking about the Beatles, how old mm-hmm. were the Beatles during I want to their... say, honestly, it's comparable. Okay, so Simon LeBond. So did tell they you ever show up and grow up? Did they just No, refuse? they didn't. They said, I'm not gonna their grow up. Their evolution was more like we'll make dancier, funkier music, but it was never like, oh, we're we're sophisticated now. Yeah, there wasn't like a serious album that they that they put out. Well, a thing I can tell you about their sex appeal is it remains today because when they did induct uh, Ro- Roxy, is that who they inducted? Mm-hmm. When they inducted Roxy at the Rock Hall inductions this year, some major wooing as they walked out on stage and someone yelling, we, we love you, Duran Duran. <laughs> I thought they yelled. He said, "We love you, Duran Duran." Oh, he was twenty six in nineteen eighty four. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, maybe I think some of them were younger. I don't know. At I'm, any rate, I I'm thinking more about like if you were to consider the maturation of the Backstreet Boys or In Sync. Mm-hmm. They were or, much younger than, 26. and they were they were becoming men. Yes, in in front of our very eyes. And right. neither of those bands ever made a Sergeant Pepper, unless you. But consider, they all broke up, unless you consider the album "Celebrity" by NSYNC to be there. <laughs> uh, Sergeant Pepper, which the, mm, I might. <laughs> the boy band trajectory then became make as many big records as you can, split up, and then someone becomes George Michael. Some, yeah, and someone becomes Andrew Ridgely. Yeah, or Robbie Williams and the rest of. Take that. Take that. Mm-hmm. Which take is, that, the rest of Take That. <laughs> take That was kind of like the modern, like the 90s Duran Duran in that they were very in the UK. photogenic in the UK, big music videos. Mm-hmm. And- so Duran Duran never split up? Did they never split up? No, they'd not, not, not in the way. Never split up, they, never say die. Just- I think part of why we've been able to go back and uh, really acknowledge the worth of Duran Duran is that they wrote their songs. You know what I mean? They weren't prefabricated. They weren't a machine. They oh. they were writing. They were a band, you know, and they wrote their own songs and they played their own shit. And that there's merit to that, obviously. The next category is classic albums. Now, I heard their greatest hits album. Is really <laughs> yes, good. I think that is. I think that is definitely not in their favor. Yeah, I think if they have a classic album, it's Rio. Yep. Rio is uh was their second album that was kind of the one that so they wrote those words. Her name is Rio, and she dances on the sand. Can you believe that uh, <laughs> your name was Rio? Wouldn't you? <laughs> Do we think uh, Duran Duran shows up uh, on any of the Rolling Stone on the Rolling Stone 500 greatest albums? No, no. You guys are correct. 
Yeah, there's no showing either on songs or... But no songs? No. I thought they might have a shot with songs. Yeah. And I thought it might be Hungry Life of the Wolf. Well, yeah, that's the next category. Iconic slash recognizable songs. Uh, Let me see if I can name some Duran Duran songs. Sure. And you know, I think to their credit, they have more recognizable songs than you would think at a I know glance. that they do. Yeah. I mean, Rio... So Hungry Like the Wolf, like you said, Hungry is like probably the wolf. their biggest, I would say. Yes. Uh, the Reflex. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this that James Bond wanted you to a kill. Yeah. Uh, um, Wild Boys. Sure. And then, I mean, those are just ones we've talked about, and I'm uh, yeah. And there's still so many more. So let's kind of go through it chronologically. I think their first like kind of iconic song uh, that came from their first album is "Girls on Film." They wrote that. I mean, again, if you can imagine, these young these young men came up with those lyrics. Uh, but Girls on Film is one I think that endures. And then when we get to the Rio album, that's when we have songs like Hungry Like the Wolf. Which I think that, it's an incredible pop song, but that uh, combined with the music video made it a phenomenon at that time. Then the title track from Rio. similar thing that plus the music video but i think those two songs are candidates for the best songs that they ever wrote yeah also from rio is the song save a prayer which is another ballad And then uh, another song that I don't, it's not maybe recognizable, but I think is one of their best songs that's off of Rio is called The Chauffeur. Mm. How's this go? Driver, take me to a lady's house. Jesus, take the wheel is the (laughs) the main chorus for The Chauffeur, I think, is its like synth riff. This almost sounds like it could be a James yeah. Bond song. This also sounds like it could be like the theme to a horror film. Mm-hmm. At this moment, I'm feeling very ominous. Yeah, it's is the chauffeur a chauffeur a killer? Is that the story of this song? I haven't paid attention to the lyrics. I was just going to say the lyrics to Duran Duran songs don't always register with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, the production is more exciting to me than the lyrics. There, there are some fine lyrics, yeah, but nothing where I really get much of a meaning. Like yeah, some me, of their it's best. About what the is kind some, of yeah. vibe and like it's party music, you know, whatever they're singing. I can probably guess. Usually about a woman. That's <laughs> <high>. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I think now that we're talking about it. You can kind of see why people looked at this in the 80s and said, this is horseshit. And then, uh, the song, is there something I should know? Please, please tell me now. Is there something I should know? Is there something I should say? Gotta make you come my way. They have an album called Seven and the Ragged Tiger, which has a good, a few. Union of the Snake. I've, I've heard of that. Play it. Okay. Uh, 
This is the reflex. And so the, the reflex yeah. was also on this album. Yeah. I, what? Yeah. yeah. No. So obviously they were in that this. That is the same song. Yeah, and the reflex uh, oh, was no. <laughs> was mixed by Nile Rodgers. Hell yeah! And this was when Nile Rodgers started to become kind of a, a collaborator with them. I think Joe and I are going to go see Nile Rodgers. That's yeah. awesome! At the Hollywood at Bowl, the Hollywood oh, Bowl wow. along that's, with that's Drumline, rad. which I'm very excited about. That's great. Uh, also on on Seven on the Ragged Tiger was a song called New Moon on Monday. So yeah, what we oh, have yeah. they released Wild Boys uh after this. Was that an album as well? That was Wild Boys was was a new track that they put on a live album. Whoa. Yeah. It was kind of a compilation thing. And then they did A View to a Kill, the James Bond song, mm -hmm. which is great. Meeting you with a view to a kill. Which I think A View to a Kill sounds a lot like Out of the Blue by Roxy Music. Mm. That's mm. my that's my little crackpot theory. All your cares now they seem oh so far away. Um, and then when you get to the Notor Notorious album, which is where they were really, it was almost like now Rogers was a member of the band at this point because yeah, their guitarist Notorious is like, dang. Yeah, their guitarist had left Andy Taylor and Roger Taylor, the uh, drummer, no relation to either Andy, John, or, or James, James, <laughs> or the other or rock Tim. and roll drummer named Roger him? Taylor. You know, because uh, Queen's drummer is also named Roger Taylor. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, it was a three piece at that point, but then Roger Taylor was, it was, excuse me, now Rogers was doing production and also playing guitar and stuff. So Notorious, uh, is a big one off of that album, also called Notorious. Not, not, notorious, notorious. <gasps> no, no, notorious. And then... You know, there's. There, I would say there's nothing. What year was Notorious? What what year did Notorious come out? Late eighties. What is it? It came Eight. out in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, not even barely late. And then in Rowdy. the nineties, I'd say their only huge song, recognizable song, is Ordinary, Ordinary World. World. But I It might be one of their best, if not their best, actual song. Yes, as a like structured song. It is a really good song. It's yeah. It's uh, it's a, against all odds that they were able to pull something out like that. In the What's 90s. weird yeah. is that in this moment, I, the song that I like the best is that Union of the Snakes song. I'm like that song it's kicks fun. ass. Yeah. It's funky. It's yeah. cool. I like it, and and I'm probably gonna add it to a playlist. Good. And maybe there's, I, I'd say this is an off chance. You would know the song "Come Undone." 
Oh, I do know that's one of my yeah. least favorites. Gotta say, it's a, it's uh, a, yeah, that came out in the '90s as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I yeah. remember when it came okay. out. That was also on the wedding album with the Yeah, those are the two big tracks off the yeah. wedding album. So I think they do they do pretty well in this category. This is the category for them in terms of like recognizable yeah. songs. Yeah, more than you would think initially. They have a ton of, of great singles, but I don't really care for their album tracks because they're an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Although I, I would say And Simon Le Bon does not have the world's greatest voice. Yeah, no, no, not the world's greatest. But yeah, boy, what, when, Pavar- I sing, yeah, when I can Pavarotti, yeah, when I world's greatest. <laughs> when I can sing along and I feel like I'm not necessarily on par, but I'm close enough to the singer himself. Yeah, that's worrisome. That's worrisome to me. All right, like next sh- category though. You the, but you know, the face, the voice is coming out of. Yeah, Ooh, mama. You don't want to hear this voice. <laughs> Next category is commercial success. I mean, they forget Bang it. Rang. Sold they over a hundred million records. That's uh, they are up there among the greatest uh, selling bands of all time. Which is crazy because you look at their list of studio albums: mm-hmm. the self-titled in '81, Rio, Seven and the Ragged Tiger, Notorious, and then the the wedding album, and then the rest of it is like. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I mean, like, was even... that their last album, the one in the nineties? No, oh they, my god, they, they put, put out an album four years ago. What? And it's called Paper Gods. Uh-uh. 2015, 2010, 2007, 2004, 2097. There are uh, albums from all those years. Uh, Do people still buy them? Well, you know what's interesting is the way albums chart now. Is like Paper Gods went to uh, number five in the UK, number ten in the US. Because the people because no who one buy buys them albums anymore, bought, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like the people who do buy albums are yeah. people who uh, are clinging is, to the these 80s. are legacy buys. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, they had a run there for a while. You know, Rio went two times platinum. Rio was so big that then their album before it started to sell well. well they do that. It was like on, one yeah, of those yeah, things. That yeah, with somebody else recently. Uh, a lot of people happens to a lot of paper. People. Um, what is it? Paper gods. Gods opened at number five on the UK album charts. I believe that opened. the UK. Yeah. Uh, so then the next category is longevity. So we're kind of talking about it. They are an '80s band. You know. Yep. 81 was the first album and then they made it into I mean surprisingly with the what wedding album What year was the wedding album 93 Okay that's, that's what it feels like I mean like it's post grunge so that's impressive Yep that they were able to do that uh but and, get and away with, with it. two kind of ballady songs too Ordinary World and uh And Come Undone, and Come Undone. Yeah they had to they had to but we'll try adapt a little to bit stay and and other contemporaries of Duran Duran playing Similar music, like Depeche Mode, went darker. Mm-hmm. Like Depeche Mode got more industrial and aggressive and heroin cheeky. Yeah, sad. And, and Yeah, and Duran Duran went like, we're just going to make these fucking pop ballads. Right, and lean into the dance thing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. well, imagine yeah. if Duran Duran had tried to get dark 
That's something we do not want. You would, it wouldn't ring true. It would be it would have been embarrassing. We would hate it. It's like Hootie like, and the Blowfish's second album. Come on, guys. <laughs> Did they try to go dark? Um, Fairweather Johnson. Fairweather Every Johnson. time I look at you, I go blind. Is that not, from their second album? I don't think so. That's uh, oh. not even their song. Is that from a um, That's from like the Friends soundtrack. soundtrack. Or something. <laughs> I think it's literally from the Friends soundtrack. I genuinely is, love that song. I think the and... band was called 50-50 or something that wow. originally wrote that song. Well, what's wild is I... I really love that song. Fairweather that's Johnson. That's my favorite stupid what was their, booty song. Uh, yeah. Old Man and Me or something. I forget. No, that's a, <laughs> that is a, uh, not a, uh, that's a Mac DeMarco song. Anyway, <laughs> uh, next category is innovation influence. Really, I think the most innovative thing they did was probably the music videos. Um, although, you know, so you said that they were playing all their instruments and stuff, but they're mm-hmm. compute they're they synth, sound they synthy. Had, the guy named Nick Rhodes was a synth. He was a synth player. Yeah. Uh, so, but they, uh, I feel like their influence is hard to measure because what they were doing was not cool very suddenly in the nineties, but I think it's come back around and we've seen, artists who grew up on them that have leaned into the dance pop since well and like dance pop became came back so hard again in the 2000s yeah like like um like indie dance pop you know kind of the like chick 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 era yeah, of that was when i was the cool. rapture yeah. all of that stuff i think that's part of why i became a fan is because i could see the continuum from duran duran to all of that when i was the dfa in college bands. and like at the height of trying to be cool. Yeah. It was like, oh, yeah, Duran Duran is just like that. Or the Smiths are just like that. Well, you know, who, uh, you, you know who produced their 2007 album, Red Carpet Massacre? Nile Rodgers. Timbaland. Oh. What? I think that was the last time they had like a big like release sort of what? marketing blitz. Was there blitz. any song that they tried to put out from Red Carpet Massacre? Oh, I'm sure that they... Did they yeah. have a Nelly Furtado yeah, guest what was person the, what was on the, anything? Um, like, well, you know who also worked on that album with Timberland was Justin Ms. Timberlake. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Timberlake loves Duran Duran and was As like should. wanting to. He did make vocals this. on some of it, did he? No, this production. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I will say I did not listen to any of this. Mm-hmm. I did just it. It didn't matter to me because it was contemporary, but. Um, I, I think mean, a song called Falling Down looks like it was the single that they were trying to push off of this album. Should we listen to it? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds like a Justin Timberlake song, but with a worse singer. Yeah. That's that is the good. problem with Simon Le Bon. And the thing that will keep them out of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is he couldn't really sing. And you can hear that here of like, God, are they how much did they have to auto-tune this? He had his range. Yeah. You know. And he couldn't compete with the production on that song. All right. Next category. Does my mom know who they are? Yes. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Not even a question. And that helps. Sometimes that's the most important category. Uh, Guys, it's time for the verdict. Should Duran Duran be in the Rockman Hall of Fame? Will they be in the Rockman Hall of Fame? And if so, when? Kristen, we'll start with you. Wow. I don't really care about Duran Duran. I enjoyed this discussion and sojourned down their career path. I am I I think they're good. I like them, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that 
I don't know. I don't think that they should be. Honestly, to me, there are other bands that I'd rather see get in before them. But uh, will they be? I actually think yes, okay. um, because of the them inducting um, Roxy. Uh, Roxy and just because like the stuff that we were saying like a lot of their innovation for me came from like you it's like music videos they're very of a time I don't I wouldn't be angry if they got in but I'm just like I don't need it you know mm-hmm. um, but I do think that they will get in and I think they'll get in and probably like within 10 years mm-hmm. I, I could see it happening for them because I imagine that we're going to get to a point where bands who love Duran Duran are going to be mad that they're not in if they yeah. are in. And mm-hmm. that's why I think that they'll get in. Well, yeah. Okay. I, I agree. I agree with that sentiment to a point. I think it will be around 10 years for them to get in. Um, once some people have cycled out of the voting um, that maybe have lingering distaste for Duran Duran. Sure. I think they do deserve to go in. Certainly. Um, I will side with you a little bit and say they're, more deserving acts that deserve to go in first, but you can't really look at it that way. You have to look at it. Do they deserve it? Do they have the resume? Eventually they'll get in or not, but they should get in. It's not a, a hierarchy of you need to go in first and you need right, to go in no, after. We, that, that is already out the window. Yeah. You know, like if, if we wanted everything to be in order, it's been fucked up. There's like so many can't. shocking omissions. Yeah. It's, it's hard to, hard to do that. Uh, okay, I think they should get in. I think they have enough singles and that they kind of represented a time and those songs have endured and people know a lot of those songs. And Niall Rodgers being a part of the group and being such a big production uh, yeah. guru on it means they're significant. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think they were, I think they were pretty great. Um, now I'm getting very excited to go see him too, and I'm remembering the like good lucky. I'm like remembering all the great stuff. Yeah, you're just getting in. happy. Now about, I'm just excited uh, now to go see Now Rogers. I think Duran Duran will get into the Hall of Fame next year. Whoa! Holy Joe, shit! Fire! Next year for the 2020 prediction. I think they're gonna get in next it's year. It's a dangerous game, my friend. And if not next year, very soon. I think it's. I think it's. How long have they right been around el- the el- corner? Eligible? Long so, time. Yeah, right? they have been eligible since, since the mid 2000s. So that. Do you think that their appearance? 2007 is just like the harbinger of the ran. I think it's. I think it could be an interesting thing because I could see Duran Duran, Nine Inch Nails, and Mott the Hoople. All groups that Good were God. there at the induction ceremony this year. Do you think Mott the Hoople is going to get in? I don't know. I can I... see them on the ballot. But okay. wouldn't it be interesting, and what would it kind of say if the three of those groups got in for 2020? It would be like, oh, just show up to a ceremony, and then you'll get in the next year. So I don't know. We well, have to Cheryl be invited Crow to. Cheryl was though. there. She didn't perform. I know. Uh, but also, all three of those groups are, you can make a case for them being overdue. Uh Nine Inch Nails, certainly. Yeah, I think so. No question about that. I think with Radiohead hey, and then, you know. Nine Inch Nails, that was my wild card pick this year. Am you I... should have held on. I don't know. I think next year. But you, I think Duran Duran is really around the corner. If you think about, like, the kind of populist pick and, like, they still draw. Yeah. They still really yeah. draw an audience. They're uh, not doing county fairs. They're still doing tours. Right. Yeah. So if you think about who's next in terms of those those really popular bands and that we just had Bon Jovi and Def Leppard, I think Duran Duran can hold a candle to either of those bands easy. Yeah. And, you know, I think for a long time they were hot. You know, they were cute and that fucked them. And uh, no guitars. 
not having the like not playing guitars in the video made them seem like they were pansies. Oh yeah, oh that's an interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah, the fact that the even though a lot of those tracks have great guitar uh, sounds, nobody's and, doing any musical stuff. So right. they seem like they're just actors. They're cavorting. They're yeah. cavorting around. Yeah, yep. they're yeah. just searching through the jungle. All right. So let's say they get inducted. Uh, which band members from Duran Duran do they induct? Is it just the, the original Fab five? five? I think it has to be the original the Fab five, five plus Nile. I plus think I think every, you could make all those Sri Lankan extras <laughs> from the, the like the yes. video. and then they all get a stipend for their work. So yeah. obviously Simon LeBond, John Taylor. Well, they get a SAG insurance actually. Oh, I, I need that. that Andy Taylor, Roger Taylor, Nick Rhodes. Those are like the five main guys. I think. You could make a case for Warren Cucurulo, okay, who was the guitar player. He like replaced Andy Taylor from '89 to 2001, mm. so like late '80s throughout the entirety of the '90s. And he was like, he wrote uh, "Come Undone" was a track that he came up with, mm. you know. So he wasn't just like a hired gun. He was a part of the band, and he was like writing stuff. Put him in. I don't care. Put him in. I feel like they will not do that because I think that they want to just have those five guys on the stage. The visual. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the visual. It's what it means. It's like this is and the is that, classic lineup. Do they all lineup. still play together? Is that who's still? So Andy Taylor's not in the group anymore. A guy named Dominic Brown is the guitar player now. And you wonder if they'll pull a Reeves Gabrels and yeah. say, put in our current guitarist, even though he joined, you know, in 2007 or something. Right. Which he obviously should not be in with them because... I hate to say it, but Duran Duran was kind of finished by 2007. Yeah, but maybe he'll just perform at the event. Yeah, but the, what happened with The Cure is that Robert Smith, that's what would have happened with this guy named Reeves who joined The Cure in 2012, and Robert Smith kind of put his foot down and said, no, you give him a trophy and you induct him as part of the group, oh, even though he didn't play on an album. That's ridiculous. And so yet, I wonder if they'll do that, if, if a precedent has yeah, been set, think, or they'll just, well, you know. Do you think, do you think Simon is going to put his foot down? Nope. For <laughs> this dude, for absolutely this dude. not. I think he'll be like, "Thank you, finally. We've been waiting." Yeah, <laughs> I have my speech prepared. So, who inducts Duran Duran? Roxy Ooh. Music. So, I think Brian Ferry. I think that yeah, that'd be very funny <laughs> just to flip it. I think now Rogers is a great. Uh, that's a good. Contender. That's a great yeah. one. He'd give a great speech. He really loves them. You yeah, know, he that's was a great idea. Kind of a member of the band. What about JT? Can you get JT to come? If that you would can be... get Justin Timberlake, you've done a good job. Now he's he's inducted people before, Who but it's been a induct? while. He inducted Madonna and he inducted the OJ's. What? Yeah. So he's shown up, but that was like back two thousand five, two thousand. Yeah, he was still looking for credibility back then. But you know, he loves Duran Duran. Like Who? maybe he'll show up for his boys. Who would be that guy or or gal that represents that today? That could say I, you know, have followed that continuum. Yeah, like Taylor Swift kind of thing. Like who could do it for Duran Duran, the guy from uh, My Chemical? My, Maybe uh, from, uh, Mark Ronson. Oh, that's a good Mark one. Ronson would be. He's working with them, and he loves them. I think that Mark Ronson is too British. Like I think he's big here, but he's not as big because he's you know what I mean. But like, they're British too. So. Oh, of course. But like there is, it is such an American. I guess to me, Mark Ronson is not that is not a bigger draw than like any of the other names we sure. said. Yeah, he's more contemporary, but like I don't. The kids don't go nuts for Mark Ronson. Could we get they like Sam his music. Smith? I wonder if he if he has a connection. You think anyone of that age? If, especially from the UK, would care about Duran Duran, but I don't know what the if there is a connection there. Yeah, it could be a generation too far. Mm-hmm. I think 
I think right. it's like th- people in their 30s right. really have that like, mm-hmm. oh, it came back around for me. Yeah. Pink? Pink. Pink, does she love Duran Duran? For, I, it was on the Wikipedia. <laughs> she certainly had an 80s influence. The they music. list like people who have said before that they're influenced by the oh. group. And that was one of the ones that stuck out. It's like, oh, she's very famous. and Get her to sing Hungry Like the Wolf. Yeah. Wouldn't you love to mm. see that? I think yes. that would be so good. So what uh, what songs do you think they would play? So they usually play three. Now it seems like they're playing four uh, or so. They, if they were inducted, they would headline. I think that. Yeah, yeah they, they would. would go well, at the if end. they were the populist, pick, yeah, because there's not going to be another populist band that would get on if they got in. Not to in, this level. Hopefully, I don't think so. They would. I would think you'd have to do "Hungry Like the Wolf." Yep. Yeah. And then even though it's from the same album, I think you kind of got to do Rio too. Yep. Um, Ordinary World because it's a ballad, so you kind of have a come down. Mm-hmm. And then Notorious. Well, here's here's something. If they get in next year, you know who is eligible for the first time next year? Notorious B.I.G. Ooh, oh, my wow. God. And of course, they sampled wow, that. Wow, look the song. at you over here and just trying to make some. Make you're trying happen. to help them out so bad. You're like, if anybody from the hall is listening to this, I have a, I have a board. I have string connecting. Here you go. Well, imagine they. they uh, yeah, they do the tribute they performance. They play Notorious. Yeah. And then, you know, fucking it would probably be like Diddy and Faith Evans. And, yeah. Uh, some more contemporary people to come out and do. Notorious, even though that was a posthumous release for for Biggie, I think you if it's there, you got to do it. You could find, I'm sure, some hip hop act that could induct them too. Maybe I feel like they could induct Duran Duran. Yeah, I feel like there's there's a subsection of black culture that respects them because of the funkiness of the The funkiness and the style and the Nile Rodgers of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think, but they could have a I'm really. I'm getting so excited for a Migos BIG. should introduce them. <laughs> them. I, I like that. I'm very excited for a Biggie induction. That would be yeah, fun. Yeah, that's gonna be a lot of yeah. fun. If they can get, but if they don't do it, if like there's no performance, if it's like an there NWA, will be a Puff Daddy. Will I mean, perform. I hope there's a. There was well, a performance for Tupac. Perform. There was a performance for Tupac. There will be a performance for Biggie. They'll because figure it out. He can't say no. Yeah. No. Honestly. <laughs> like honestly, that's got. I mean. Ugh. Like NWA was wanted to do something and then they said we can't do it so then they were like no but with Same Biggie with it's Janet. like someone will they'll figure out a tribute mm-hmm. they'll find someone who will do a tribute oh. Faith Evans uh, will do something I'm sure I say Faith Evans does something for Duran Duran <laughs> boom there we have it I like it uh, Dave I, thank you so much for coming you. on the podcast this was a lot of fun yeah uh, I think we all learned something valuable about my musical tastes about about uh, my tweeting habits <laughs> about wrestling yeah, yeah that about too. wrestling i definitely definitely learned. watch the wwe hall of fame next year from tampa oh hard pass <laughs> all right where can people find you online i'm at excuse me uh-huh. i am at dave underscore shilling on twitter great check out um all my duran duran related tweets there. perfect all yeah. five of them maybe there'll be more by There's, the time this goes up there will be more no doubt there will be more uh and anything else you want to plug uh no not really just that hell yeah, yeah. I always feel uh, insignificant when I don't have more to plug, but <laughs> such is life. Find him online. Uh, you can find me at Joe K, Joe K on Twitter. Uh, if you're listening to this, the weekend this comes out, I am in Denver screening a television pilot I made for something called Series Fest. I'll be tweeting about it. Check yes. it out. He'll also be seeing Stevie Wonder. This is true. At Red Rocks. Woo. Ooh, baby. Meanwhile, your girl K-Stud, she's still in town. She's in Los Angeles. You know you can find her at K-Stud across all platforms. HelloKristen.com.
Uh, and then we're at Rock Hall Pod on Twitter, rockhallpod at gmail.com. Send us a note. We like that. It makes us feel nice. Yes. Uh, if you want maybe, Kristen to read it, uh, say uh, that Kristen should read it. Yeah. And maybe maybe talk about, you know, what do you think? Should they be giving out rings to the... <laughs> to the <laughs> <laughs> should we change the halls to rings. whole thing yeah, to yeah. rings? Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review us. Five stars only. We've gotten some reviews recently, and it's been Hell very yeah. nice. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll go check those out. And if you're doing a review because of this episode, mention NWO in the uh, yeah. in the review. So That's that we know. a good idea. For life. Uh, we want to thank Mike Lloyd for the logo, Yusuke Kim for the music. We want to thank uh, Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. Hell yeah. Uh, and we want to thank Chad Briggs and James Patterson for letting us record in the home that I share with them. Uh, thanks again, Dave, so much for doing this. Had a no lot problem. of fun. Hashtag induct Duran Duran. Yes. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> why not? Joe, do you stand Duran Duran? Do you love them? I think they're fine. Okay. And they're good. Like, I think the the singles, you look at them and it's like, oh, this is a fun party band and I can get behind well, a band that's just that. Well, and they seem like they would be played often on the type of radio stations that you enjoy. A Jack FM, a... a do they make it a K-Earth? Do they make it onto classic rock radio at they all? They don't. No. That's a no. weird distinction. New Wave does not, is not part of classic rock. Yeah, but there will said, be some bros. Do the bros Cure make it onto no. classic rock radio yeah. at all? Okay, so no New Wave. And if you count you 2 which... Stuff's for chicks, dude. <laughs> Too much makeup. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening. Again, I'm Joe Bozala. I'm Kristen Sutter. Who cares? What about the Rock Call? Come on. The doctor said I need about three weeks of recovery But the nurses is loving me Saying the best part of the day is my half Feeding me breakfast and giving me a sponge bath Niggas say I died dead in the streets It's NFL draft season And that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.